I'm Marie Ortenberger, and you're listening to Echoes, a production of Great Lakes Echo. That is the sound of a bunch of excited seventh graders on a field trip. Their destination? A vernal pool. In December, I spoke to Yu Man Lee, a conservation scientist and zoologist with the Michigan Natural Features Inventory, about the Vernal Pool Patrol Project. I promised then to go to a vernal pool in spring with some students. I've made good on that promise, and we all had a blast. To refresh your memory, the project is a Michigan-based, citizen-scientist-powered effort to map and monitor vernal pools, which are small, temporary bodies of water that fill in spring and dry up in winter. They host a variety of unique organisms. The Great Lakes Fishery Trust is piloting a companion program to that project for K-12 students in northern Michigan. And that's how I found myself with a Harbor Springs Middle School 7th grade science class visiting a vernal pool at the Offield Family Nature Preserve in Harbor Springs, Michigan. Kelly Pollies, who teaches the class, discovered the project at a teacher workshop through her intermediate school district. It was just like for science teachers getting into the new standards. And there was a, I think she was just another participant in the or maybe she was helping lead it, but she just, she had heard about the Vernal Pool program. She at the time worked for, I think it's Great Lakes Stewardship Initiative in Traverse City, and she was promoting it um, just to all the teachers there, like, hey, come to this Vernal Pool teacher training, and that was so a year ago, and I had been to a local nature preserve here that we go to for other programs, and I remember seeing a little pool that kind of fit the description of the Vernal Pool, and I was like, maybe there's one really close by us. So um, I went to that teacher training, and then I just, from there, kind of everything started. She saw the project as a great learning opportunity for her 7th and 8th grade students. But she was also drawn to it because she knew she would have help from the Michigan Natural Features Inventory and the local Little Travers Conservancy. There's so many really amazing things that teachers can do with their students, but we're so cramped and our plates are so full with all of the everything that we have to do. So just the fact that MNFI, that they would come into the classroom and then come into the field with us to get us going. And then I, I feel very confident in, at continuing it now. With that confidence and with support from the school, she knew the project would leave a legacy at Harbor Springs Middle School. She was excited about what that could mean for her students. The students are collecting real data that's going to be used by real scientists and seeing, see, and having them interact with grown-ups or adults that are working in the field of science and seeing that, you know, they might sometimes be in a lab and other times they're out in the field and other times, you know, it's just different than what they might imagine. Plus, students get to experience the thrill of discovery. So them just finding stuff and observing it for themselves instead of hearing about it or seeing it on a slide discovering it some of them you know the students found the fairy shrimp they're like what are all these little orange things swimming around and I was like oh my goodness this is what it is good job guys because I didn't I did not find that for them the little Travers Conservancy was also excited and saw an opportunity to bolster their eco stewardship and education programs which had previously focused on elementary aged students that limited the kind of information they could get from citizen scientists 
Keisha Lush is a volunteer and project coordinator at the Little Travers Conservancy. It takes so much time to do a lot of the really wonderful things um, that we would love to, to learn about a preserves, like species inventories, um, invasive plant inventories, helping know what we're protecting on the ground. But really, our staff priorities have to be very limited. So um, we saw the Eco Stewards program as a really wonderful way to engage community members of all ages. And some of these activities um, that we had hoped to gain more information about, such as uh, mapping invasive plants and using GPS units and GIS mapping, were really geared to more toward those ages. And so we could provide an opportunity for environmental education um, based on that age group. Middle school, high school, and college students are also starting to think about their future. Exposing them to conservation, fieldwork, and data collection has multiple benefits. Melissa Hansen is the education coordinator at the Little Travers Conservancy. They're starting to think about careers mm -hmm. and their futures and things like that. So even if they're not going to be in conservation, whatever they do, they're going to be making decisions that affect the environment or, you know, in the world. So it helps, I think, no matter what field they're going to go into. And hopefully it will inspire some to, to go into conservation. Mm -hmm. um, but also just to have that in the back of their minds, like, you know, they might be an accountant or librarian or a doctor or whatever, but just being aware of the importance of natural areas and citizen science. But the part about it that everyone loves best, especially the students, getting outside. Uman led the students and volunteers to the pool. They had clipboards and worksheets, and everyone helped carry the equipment. Waiters, field microscopes, nets, and buckets. So yeah, so we're excited because today we're going to go out to the vernal pool that uh, uh, Mrs. Polly's uh, students and have been monitoring. And so we're going to collect data um, using the field form, and we're going to break up into three groups. After a short walk, we arrived at the pool. As promised, it was small, leafy, and appeared isolated from any source of water. The students divided into groups. One group measured the pool's size and depth. We're gonna do pool size, depth, and temperature. Are you guys all recording together? Yeah. Okay, so um, we need to measure the length of the pool and the width of the pool at the maximum width and length. Another investigated the landscape around the pool. We're gonna start off doing the um, surrounding habitat. So what we're trying to do is gather data of the stuff that's around the pool. Why would that be important? Because it could affect the pool. Yeah, I like... And another focused on the pool's identifying characteristics, like vegetation and whether or not it was isolated. You okay, guys. guys. Probably sparsely. Yeah. Think sparsely vegetated? Okay, yeah. let's write it down or circle it. They recorded their observations on worksheets. And then everyone participated in the fun part. Collecting and identifying organisms. What creature was it? I don't know. It was tiny and moved. Found an egg mass. Wood frog. Another one around this tree right in front of me. Wood frogs, if you'll remember, prefer spawning in vernal pools to avoid having their eggs eaten by fish. What about the little brown wiggly guys? Those are all mosquito larvae. Oh, wow. Yeah, to my terror, the mosquito larva was by far the most populous creature in this vernal pool. But there were other wonderful things as well, including a water boatman. This little water boatman that's swimming around here. Oh, that's so cool. It looks like he has oars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there's a water mite in there. There's like a red 
Oh, Let's yeah. See right there. Mm-hmm. Spot. And then there's actually Daphne. I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's Daphne on there. Or uh, copepods or something. Oh, yeah, there's a Daphne that's like right there. It's a little speck kind of swimming around. <laughs> and of course, the mythic creature we were all there for the fairy shrimp. Where's the fairy shrimp? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the orange ones. Yeah, yeah. See, there's two of them in there. I was yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing how they move. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the shrimp glowed in the sample with bright orange coloring. Their many legs undulated, propelling them gracefully through the water. True to name, they were some of the most magical creatures in the pool. Some of them were even carrying eggs. Oh, this one has eggs right here. You see, right at the Whoa. end of its body, there's a like oh, a wow, brown thing sure? there. That those are eggs. Oh, oh, this so one has cool. eggs too. Yep. Once those eggs are laid, they'll have to freeze and dry before they can hatch. That's why fairy shrimp almost only exist in vernal pools. Well, that and because they can avoid getting eaten by fish. Well, when I look at fairy <laughs> shrimp now, I think if I was a fish, oh that would look so yummy. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Thing. Like. Yep, yep. After everyone observed the organisms under a microscope, they discussed their findings. The findings will be recorded in a database that allows students to compare them with the discoveries of other students looking at other vernal pools. The Michigan Natural Features Inventory will reference that data to help them understand more about Michigan's understudied vernal pools. It's a big job, and scientists and researchers could never accomplish it by themselves. Time will tell if the experience influences career choice, but based on their responses to this trip, these students won't soon forget how nice it is to get outside, get in the water, and see the amazing things happening in their backyard. What was your favorite part of the trip? Getting in the water. Yeah. What did you like about it? I could go in the water. Yeah. It's kind of mushy. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite organism? The fairy shrimp. And hopefully, they'll carry the lessons they learned over to whatever activities they find themselves doing outdoors. When we come back, when we're 80, we want you guys to protect it this place. That's right. All right. That's the goal here. (laughs) Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded, edited, produced, etc. by myself, Marie Ordenberger. The music was provided by Poddington Bear.